Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Dare to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. everyone and welcome back to our community. I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a minute because last week was that we had our little girl chat and so I didn't really do my formal in alignment out of alignment intro probably for the first time ever. So I'm excited to be on the mic and just catch up with you guys especially before this episode specifically because I've been feeling like I'm turning a corner in terms of spirituality, mindfulness, all of the things. So Let's just dive right into it. If you're new, welcome. Every week, we go through what was in alignment and out of alignment for us this week. I speak about my life on the mic. You guys reflect on your own, and you can always DM me and tell me what yours were if you need an ear or a shoulder or whatever the metaphor might be. (laughs) So I'm going to switch things up this week by saying what was out of alignment first Simply because it's kind of a story, you know, we're going from out of alignment to now I feel like I'm turning a corner towards what's in alignment. So I want to start with what's out just to go a little chronologically because we've missed two weeks together. So I would say last week I was feeling in terms of out of alignment, you know, it's I vlogged it and a video is coming up on my YouTube channel this week where I really just have like a mental health chat with you guys because I was kind of going through it, just not feeling my best. I think we've all been there. It's like there's not one main thing that's necessarily the reason behind it, but you just don't feel right. So that's what I was going through. And, you know, (laughs) as spiritual as I am, I'm more into like the things that make sense scientifically. It's really hard to get me on board as much as like, I would love to be like crystals in the bra, like Genuinely, I think it's so cool. And I think the more you have a belief in a higher power, like the better your life is going to be. And you can just surrender and, you know, let go and let God or whatever. But I can't get myself to fully believe in things unless they truly make sense to me. So I'm not fully on board with like the moons and astrology, even though it does, you know, it always obviously applies to my life. But I'm just like, where is this? Like, someone needs to explain it a little more you know, scientifically to me to get me on board. But apparently the full moon in Aquarius last week keeps you, not keeps you, makes you very emotional thinking about, you know, where your life is headed. You're on the brisk of change. And that's exactly how I felt. So it definitely resonated with me. So maybe there is something to that. But regardless, whether you believe in that or not, last week I was feeling just really overwhelmed. Like I was anxiously awaiting my therapy session to be like, I don't know why I'm being so irritable. 
and anxious because nothing specifically really happened. I just feel stagnant. I started feeling like I'm a very future oriented person. And when I go into my manifestation meditations and have nothing to manifest or I'm questioning what I'm manifesting, it's just like a shitty feeling because I love thinking about the future and what I want in the future and getting excited about it and inspired to like go after it. And I just was feeling like there's nothing to go after and anything I wanted. I was just questioning like, why do I want that? It was just, it didn't feel good. And then let's see, what else was I feeling? I was also just feeling a little stagnant. Like for me, I'm I'm big on change and forward movement. And when I feel like things are stagnant or unfortunately, I hate to admit this, but it is a theme that I've noticed in therapy. Like I when I don't, when I'm not happy with my content on YouTube or I don't feel like it's authentic to me or I'm not planning properly or I lost footage, anything surrounding that, I find that I doubt myself. I get like more depressed feelings. So I think there was just a lot that's going on on YouTube that I don't feel fully tuned in. I don't feel like I've had the space to be creative and really like do my research and look at what other YouTubers are talking about. What are people liking? Let's look at some newer YouTubers. Like, let's plan my content for the month and get super inspired. And I just like feel like I haven't given myself the space to do that. And I'm just like, oh, got to turn out a video for next week. And I don't really have much planned. And I know this all comes in ebbs and flows. But when this happens, I just get kind of down on myself because I'm feeling most inspired when I'm feeling just really creative and excited about YouTube. And there's a lot of things that I, you know, I come up with ideas and then I don't get excited to create them because I'm in a dark, smaller apartment. So I think I'm kind of grieving my old filming style pretty delayed, even though I moved like seven, six months ago. I'm still, you know, I'm coming up with ideas based on what's done well on my channel and feeling like I can't do them or just filming in general doesn't feel exciting to me anymore because it's like more of a hassle to get all my equipment out and then get it away after and it's all small in here. So anyway, that was a long ramble of just all the different pieces to why I was feeling anxious and down. And I came up with this idea with my therapist to go somewhere outside of the apartment that feels, you know, inspiring to me. So I think for me, what instantly came to mind was this coffee shop now or never in Soho. Soho is inspiring to me in general. There's just like, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's like very you know, video friendly. It's just like a really cool backdrop and it's just inspiring to me. So the coffee shop is in Soho, but also the coffee shop, also (laughs) the coffee shop on its own, it's called Now or Never. And it's a very like, first of all, it's very bright. You can see outside, you can see Soho, there's natural lighting. I don't like feeling like trapped indoors. And it's also where I created a video that I'm most proud of on my channel, the best coffee shops to work from in New York City. And I interviewed the founder of this coffee shop. And it just felt like that's when I felt most aligned with the video content I was creating was that video. So to be there where I interviewed him and in a space that just feels just really creative and inspiring to me, that's where I thought of to have a creative space. And I decided either every Sunday or Monday, give myself time to just be creative, whether that means doing research on other YouTubers, whether it means coming up with a list of video ideas, even if I have videos planned for the next two months, just to get those juices flowing and come up with ideas and see what I'm excited about and start planning in advance, or whether it's just journaling on my why behind YouTube, whatever it might be, 
I need just like no pressure, low stakes time to go to an inspiring space and get creative, whatever that means that week. And I think it means like YouTube planning and everything I just mentioned. But I'm thinking Sundays for this because on Mondays, you know, I work in PR. I'm part time, but like the emails are always flowing. The slacks are always flowing. There's always something I could be doing. So it's kind of distracting and hard to fully tap into that space when it's during the work week. So I think I'm going to make it like a Sunday ritual or even if it's just monthly or biweekly, I'm going to try to do that. So I'm actually going to that coffee shop today. I went yesterday. I ended up just editing one of Shelby's vlogs. I didn't really do much creative work, but it was still enjoyable. And now I like cleared up space for me to focus on my own YouTube stuff today and podcast stuff. So it's Monday when you're listening to this. This goes live on the next day when you're listening to this Tuesday. Um, So yeah, let's get into what's now in alignment, which is came up with that solution, feeling just a little more open to creativity. And then simultaneously, I'm really feeling connected back into Kundalini again. This podcast episode, I recorded it with Nicole last week, and it really inspired me just to find out what intuitively works for me. I did one of her sound healings that she does with Aloe. It was like a Reiki sound healing thing, which you'll hear her talk about in this episode. I did one. It was live at 8 p.m. the night that we recorded this podcast episode, and it was really relaxing, and I just still felt like this intuitive calling to Kundalini. And at the same time, Erica, who I do Kundalini with, she started this challenge this month to get at least five minutes of meditation and breath work in a day. She started a schedule, a calendar. So I've been following that every day and like excited to get to it. So that feels really good. It all ebbs and flows, but I, it feels really good to just, I think when you need it the most or you're feeling anxious or you're seeking answers about something, like I'm kind of trying to seek like, what do I really want? What do I want to manifest? Like I'm trying to really hear my intuition and I'm also a whole nother layer. I'm feeling very just like not aware of my own body with my IBS flare ups and learning so much about what birth control is doing to my body. I just feel like just like disconnected from understanding my own body. So Kundalini is making me feel more connected, mind, body, spirit, and I'm loving doing it every day. And then this intro is getting very long, but it just feels like a very transitional period because I feel like I'm turning a corner because I also started Lacey Phillips the pathway this week. I'm literally just on like the how to manifest like beginning stages of it and literally on day two of Lacey Phillips. But if you don't know what that is, basically it's a program where you, it's called neural manifestation. And as far as I can understand so far, it's all about stepping into feeling worthy so that you can clear any blockages that you've learned over time and in your childhood to be able to manifest what you want because you can't manifest what you want if you don't feel worthy of it. And feeling unworthy might come from some stories we've been told since we were little, but it's about getting back to that authentic self. So the person you were as a child before all the programming and the beliefs and, you know, what everyone has told you in your bubble had, you know, programmed you to believe over time. So I'm trying to get back down to like, what I'm realizing is as a child, I was a performer. I was silly. I just wanted to perform all the time. So I'm like, how? And I feel like over time, just with high school, like getting bullied for that a little bit and and conforming to just like not really doing my theater stuff anymore because I wanted to fit in. I'm like, maybe I learned, maybe there's a story I told myself there where it was like to fit in and be worthy of friends or social life. You have to like block out that part of yourself. I'm not sure just uncovering these things. So I definitely want to keep you posted along 
the journey, but it is just even just learning about this before I'm even diving into the program. It's allowing me to realize like anytime you're triggered by something, like something annoys you that someone did to question it and be like, where does this come from? Like, why do I feel unworthy? Where does this story come from? And then it allows you to sort of like dive into your childhood and it's really cool. And I've always, not always, but in recent years, I've been how I'm sure some of you are reacting where it's like, I don't really want to dive into the negative. Like I'm all for toxic, not toxic. I don't really know how I feel about the word toxic positivity, the phrase, but I'm all for like manifestation, visualize what you want, who you're going to be. And like, it makes me feel really good, but I'm learning that uncovering any big T or little T traumas or just childhood stories doesn't have to be that dark, just like belief systems and what we've been programmed to believe and to conform to. It's helpful to just like reprogram your mind for a different story and a different belief system of what you are worthy of and what is authentic to you to then be able to ultimately manifest your dreams. So I hope I explained that correctly. I will be keeping you posted I'll do a whole YouTube video, a podcast along, you know, when I'm a little further along in the Lacey Phillips journey and have more to share, but that's that on that. So let's get into, oh, so sorry, I'm, I didn't really even write much of a script today. So I'm just speaking in flow right now and a little all over the place, but hope you're enjoying it. (laughs) It feels right. But so that, yeah, that was, that's what's in alignment for me is I feel between Lacey Phillips and doing Kundalini every day. It's like, I felt so stuck and resistant to all these practices just two weeks ago. So to feel like I'm turning a corner to really also like I'm trying to do a food sensitivity test and just really tuning in in all areas of my life, I feel like I'm turning a corner and I'm like excited to see what epiphanies I come to and what changes come internally and also, you know, with my IBS and everything. So I'm excited and Just a little reminder, because my YouTube video coming out this week, you're going to see me feeling a little more dark. It's like fresh right after my therapy session. I'm feeling still upset and sad, but also inspired for this next chapter. So it's just interesting, like how every week can really be different. So if you're having a bad day or a bad week, just know like tomorrow or next week, you could be feeling super in flow and amazing. And then it's going to ebb again after that. So it's all part of life. But I do feel like those those times where I'm feeling down inform what my next steps are. So I got to really tune in and figure out how can I feel better. And these are all the things that are making me feel better. So with that being said, this episode really inspired me with all of that. This was like a turning point for me. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to it, hear your takeaways. So this episode is with Nicole Rooch, I believe is how you pronounce her name. She is a holy fire Reiki master, a sound healer, and an herbalist. She started working with Reiki as she faced diversity, which we'll definitely get into her story there. Reiki is a Japanese therapeutic technique, which allows the healer to move energy in the patient in order to encourage emotional and physical well-being. I feel like I'm talking very quickly today. I'm very sorry about that. Genuinely, I need to slow down. (sighs) My first podcast ever, my dad told me I need to slow the fuck down. So I'm His voice is in my head right now. (laughs) She also mentors future sound healing students in the Sound Healers Academy, a 60-hour sound healing certification course. You can use code Nicole Roach to join the Sound Healers Academy if you're interested in that. I'll have all the links in the description for her to work with her one-on-one for Reiki healing. She also has 
a five-month healing program. She has a healing membership. She has on-demand sound baths, Reiki meditations, access to her live events, VIP early access to other programs, all within her membership. And that's coming in April. So I will have all of the links down below. And what we talk about in this episode is if you have no idea what Reiki or sound healing is, we are doing 101. I'd never knew either. So I was like, coming from a regular girly who doesn't know what this is, tell me the basics to the benefits, to the science behind it. We're talking about it all. We talk about how to strengthen your intuition, navigating, you know, wanting to try so many different wellness and spiritual practices that are out there while also trying to stay consistent with the one that you are using to see ultimate benefits and the mental struggle we have there. She guides us through that, how to find what you're intuitively feeling guided to in the wellness space and how to stop putting pressure on ourselves to do all these practices perfectly and perfectly consistently, but instead tuning into what we're needing each day or each month and really figuring out what's best for you. So I know we all struggle with that, especially if you're listening to this podcast, we are learning about new wellness rituals all the time. So I completely relate to that. And we will talk about my struggles with that in this episode too. And Nicole just guided me perfectly was exactly what I needed to hear and what I hope one of you might need to hear and just helped me figure out my space and all this and my next steps. So please take a screenshot and put this episode on your Instagram stories if you're loving it so that we can have more like-minded individuals join our beautiful community and more incredible guests like Nicole able to come on the podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to take a breath and you guys can listen to Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You know, I had to rush a little bit to get here, but I had a great morning. It's sunny in New York and I just, I get such a good vibe with your energy. I mean, it makes sense given (laughs) what you do for a living, but like, I just, I have a really great feeling about this. Yes. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. You know, just um, getting started over here. Um, as I shared, we just moved to LA a few months ago. So it's, you know, the morning is still here and the energy feels nice and and sort of like relaxing right now. So I'm very grateful to be here and to just bring love and light into the space, you know? Yes, I love it. So I actually want to ask you about mm-hmm. your move to LA, but before I forget, I start every episode with asking your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. Um, I definitely have to say meditation and specifically, obviously, Reiki and sound, working out, just having that balance, you know, uh, of exercise with just, you know, being an entrepreneur and then just a healthy, just a healthy diet as well. So really an overall holistic approach. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure that you're living a healthy lifestyle in every area. I love that. Yeah. So, and I want to dive into all that, but quickly going (laughs) back before I forget again to LA, I'm curious because clearly you can pick up on energy. Yes. And I'm curious, you lived in New York City for so long and now you're in LA and Mm -hmm. I live in New York City and there is an intense energy here like no other. And it's inspiring, but it's also it can be anxiety inducing and it can be a lot. So I'm curious, 100%. did that play a role in your move to LA and how has that energy shift changed 
your ability to maintain that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, I've been in New York or I was in New York 20 years and a hundred percent, the energy in New York is so intense. And I honestly just realized how intense it was until I moved here, you know, and I actually was just in New York. I was back for fashion week and just coming back from that, it felt very, oh my God, crazy, like so intense, like so much anxiety, so much just stress in in the streets, you know, and very, the energy is very dense in New York, I have to say. And coming here to LA, it feels very, the energy is more soft, you know, you are really around nature. And that is something that really played a big role in my healing journey, just being, you know, in nature and being immersed in like the healing frequencies of Mother Earth. Um, I grew up on a farm in Germany and, you know, I was always sort of like in tune with Mother Nature. And I feel like moving to New York when I was 19, it was amazing. I was excited, you know, and I was just getting started with sort of my life and my career. And I felt very energized living in New York. But then over literally the 20 years that I've been there, I realized like my anxiety was out of the roof. I was so stressed. I was so anxious. I felt so stuck, you know, all of the things. And moving to LA was a decision me and my partner made. Uh, He's out here for, he's going back to school. He's pursuing a PhD in neuroscience. So it kind of like made sense for us to really come here. And I have a big community here as well. So it just felt like, the nice, a nice new move and a nice next step. And, you know, I, we just went for it. So here we are. So when you first moved to New York from Germany and you said you were just like getting started kicking off your career, was mm-hmm. that career sound healing and Reiki? No, not okay, at all. Okay. Cause I was thinking like, how, <laughs> oh why would you move somewhere so chaotic to do something so relaxing? I but I was wondering if it was like, to heal people here, what mm-hmm. your intention was. So can we go back to that? Like what, yes. what was your story to discovering Reiki and sound healing? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like your journey was very different. It yeah. sounds like maybe you discovered it while in New York. Yes. So okay. I, I was 19. I just finished high school. Um, in, in Germany, we, we have sort of a little longer period being in high school. It's sort of like an associates within, you know, your high school degree. Um, and I wanted to learn English. Uh, so that's the reason why I moved here as an exchange student to just like get a little bit more proficient in the language, you know, uh, speaking and writing it. Um, and my, my plan was never to stay here. Um, I was pursuing a career in art. Like I was always an, an artist at heart. Like I painted and, you know, I drew and I grew up in a very creative family, sort of speak. So, you know, I just fell in love with the, the city and the place. And I had so much opportunity here to sort of develop my portfolio. And I decided to just like stay. And, you know, I went to FIT, um, not for art, but end up going for marketing and advertising. Um, but it was a very creative school. So that sort of like led me on this path, you know, and I worked for a photographer and I did like production and um that's sort of like how it kind of like all got started. I had, it had nothing to do with spirituality whatsoever. I feel like spirituality came really into my life in my thirties. So, um, you know, I would say in the beginning, it didn't even exist. Like I didn't grow up in a religious household, you know, my parents were very open. Um, but I think like 
the, the sense of spirituality came in when I was younger because I was working with my grandparents in, in the fields, you know, and we were like in nature. So I always was very deeply connected to nature and I feel nature is very healing to our body. And I go into it in, in, a little bit in terms of like the healing frequencies of mother nature and how, you know, how I got started, but sort of like that really, I miss that. So I really had this longing of like, I needed to do something that reminded me of my upbringing. So as I was working for a photographer, um, I started a jam business. This is so random. And you know, <laughs> um, I infused jams with herbs. So uh, oh. they were my grandparents, my grandma's recipes. And, you know, I also I'm an herbalist. So it kind of like all made sense as as we are here now. Um, but I infused them with herbs. And I didn't know why, but I just wanted to you know, touch people in their, with their heart, like through food. Um, and then this jam business turned into a catering business. And, you know, uh, long story short, I catered for all of New York Fashion Week. And that was my career prior to becoming a sound healer and a Reiki teacher. Um, but I always wanted to sort of touch and heal people with, with food, you know, but I couldn't go deeper. That was the reason I couldn't go deeper, uh, within that sort of, um, uh, within, you know, within food, because I was working with farmers, but it just didn't give me the fulfillment that I needed. So, um, and throughout this time, I was feeling really like lost and stuck and all of the things. And um, that's kind of like when Reiki came into my life and how I discovered sound. Yeah. So something I always notice is that people discover spiritual practices or mindfulness practices when they need it. It does yeah. it's not just like, oh, that looks cool. Let me try that. It's like I need something. So right. it sounds like you weren't feeling fulfilled. Right. And then were you seeking out a practice? Did you just like how did you discover Reiki at that point? Yeah. So I was put in a situation in my life where I had to make a choice either to stay in the US or to go back home, right? And that decision really took me down a negative path, a negative spiraling path where I ended up really um, drinking more, you know, because I couldn't really figure out um, what I wanted in life. Um, I was really unhappy. I was so worried, you know, uh, I was overworked. I, I took so many random jobs. Uh, I really felt lost, alone, you know, I was calling in like really bad relationships and really I felt like looking back I was really put in this situation I always felt like I was put in a box I could never really be free I was never really able to do what I really wanted to do based on my heart just because of you know visa restrictions and all of the things um so I was kind of like coming back to nature right and really the moon the moon really got me into spirituality. Like the moon really, I was so connected to the moon, like in the phases and new moons and the full moons. And I really started to read more about it. And that sort of jumpstart the whole journey for me. And I discovered Reiki through a dear friend of mine in 2016. And she was always very spiritual. And uh, she was like, oh, I have this thing called Reiki. Can I do a session on you? And I was like, okay, sure. No problem. <laughs> 
didn't really expect anything. But um, the reason why I said yes was my my grandpa passed away a few, I think, like two years prior to that. And it was very heartbreaking because I was so close to him. And I wanted answers. I didn't understand why he left, you know, Mother Earth, like in, in the physical form. So I was like, okay, maybe I can get some guidance and I can seek some answers from, you know, being in a Reiki session. And it really changed my life. I felt so calm. I was able to communicate. It really opened up these, these doors for me that I never knew existed. And then, um, a few months after that, I would say, um, as I'm like on this journey and things really are hitting the fan, you know, and everything is sort of like unfolding and bad in any, in every way. Um, I was like, I need to take a break from, from life. I need to really pause. And I took a, I, I, it was on my birthday and I was like, I'm just going to take three months for myself and get my, my life back, you know, and connect to myself again. And that's when I went on this journey of really learning more about Reiki. Um, I went to a sound bath and again, like, you know, I was really anxious. I was so stressed about everything. And for some reason going into the sound bath, I was able to quiet my mind, which never, I've never experienced that, right? Because I was never someone who can just like sit still and meditate. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go deeper and to really like discover myself again and to really listen to, you know, this inner voice that I had and um, coming back to this oneness, right? And to this craving that life actually is beautiful. You just have to, you know, step by step sort of let yourself be guided into that direction. So that's kind of like how it all unfolded. But I really think the energy of Reiki and sound allowed me to see myself again, my authentic self and allowed me to um, be who I am, you know, which it looking back, I always wanted to be someone else. I was so scared of being me because I was always comparing myself to everybody else. And I figured like, oh, if I just do this, I could be this person. If I just followed exactly this recipe, I could be, you know, he or she, whatever. And um, it just didn't work because I was living someone else's dreams versus mine. That's really interesting to me because I feel like so many of us know that exact feeling of like, Mm -hmm. I want to live my own truth. Am I? It's like, there's also this part that's like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if I am or not. I think I'm being myself, but like, until you really hear that inner voice and can quiet down and tap into your intuition, it's difficult to really understand whose truth you're living. And if you're fully embodying yourself and that's something I struggle with is like, Mm. I when I discovered Kundalini through I think yes. you know her Erica yes um yeah so I discovered Kundalini and it helped me for the first time in my life number one understand what it means to feel aligned mm-hmm. and like have your chakras aligned and then also it helped me understand like oh there is a higher self there's an intuition and I can tap into it and like these exercises help me to strengthen it Yes. So, but there's also times where I don't feel as connected to Kundalini, even though I know it's a tool that has helped me. Mm-hmm. So I've, and I'm sure many people listening, if they've never done Reiki or sound healing like mm-hmm. me, don't have an understanding of what it is. So like now I'm even more so intrigued because that makes sense to me in terms of like what you can accomplish with it mm-hmm. and how the, even just being in a relaxed state, which sounds like you'll tell us, but it sounds like the sounds and the frequencies allow you to tap into this 
truly relaxed state where you can really tune in kind of like the Glennon Doyle of it all, like tuning mm -hmm. in and, and listening and hearing your own voice. And that's what I'm always constantly seeking. So with that being said, I want to know <laughs> from you, like, what is Reiki? What is sound right. healing? Because that sounds so great. But what, what really yeah. is it? Yeah, of course. And I also like I can totally empathize. I, I love Kundalini. It's really it's part of my, my daily practice as well. And Reiki sound and Kundalini, they go so well together. And I always say like the Kundalini is sort of like the um, what you, it's like the physical application of like that spiritual consciousness, right? And Reiki comes in and it like, it kind of makes it complete. So I love that you're doing that. And it's like a really powerful tool to really tap into these, you know, into our body more. Yeah. Which makes sense because a lot of the times when Erica will have these live meditations for an hour, the last 10 minutes or so, or five minutes, whatever it might be, will be a sound healing. Mm -hmm. And for me as a person, I just feel like I can't fully tap into something until I have an understanding of right. it. Like, what am I doing? So like, right. until I really connected with Erica, like I didn't necessarily connect with Kundalini as much. So that's why right. I'm, I'm very interested to hear like, Let's yeah. get into it. Like, what is it? Yeah, of course. So, so Reiki, right? Is it's te it's technically a form of stress reduction, and I always say it's like an energetic massage, right? But there's so much more to to that, right? So, if you break it down, Reiki is sort of made out of two two words. They're Japanese, right? So you have Rei, which is like it means God's wisdom, the higher power, and then you have Ki, which is sort of it's the life force energy, right? And we know ki from yoga and other modalities, like ki is also the prana, it's the chi, right? It's, um, uh, it really gives us life. And by bringing rei and ki together to reiki, it's called the spiritual guided life force energy, right? And we're really able to tap into these higher levels of consciousness and heal all aspects of our body so we can heal on a cellular level we can heal uh, on a un like unconscious patterns we can really clear our mind heal relationships really develop good habits so you can really harmonize your chakra system right so you really are able to sort of heal that anxiety but from a place of where maybe the trauma occurred where the challenges are and you can sort of uh, heal them and then really find your authentic self find yourself again and allowing yourself to to be held in in your body to feel safe again and to have like this understanding that you know you are here for a reason and you are so worthy of it and you anything that you do is really has meaning right and you can be who you are so really for me reiki allows us to um manage our stress better manage to be more productive right really it helped me heal my anxiety and heal all my sort of childhood wounds and traumas and they weren't really you know crazy but still like we all are sort of like um put into this world right and there's so much societal like pressure and it really allowed me to just like again be in alignment with myself and 
now when we're talking about sound healing, right, it's one of the oldest forms of healing, if you think about it, really, of all mankind, because it really uses, it invokes and attunes and transforms consciousness, right? And sound really produces powerful vibrations. And as you know, like we as humans already vibrate on a specific, you know, we're vibrating beings. So every structure is really uh, transformed um, by sound, right? Like every organ, every bone, every cell in our body really resonates uh, or has its own frequency. So when we feel a little bit sluggish and uninspired, right, or unhealthy, um, sound can really reset and reattune you to bring your body back to balance and harmony, right? And um, we, in sound healing, we use different tools, right? We use maybe drumming, we use uh, gongs, and I specifically use the crystal alchemy bowls, right? Um, there are also clear frosted bowls out there, but the crystal alchemy bowls are really so powerful because they are clear quartz crystals and they are infused with sort of precious metals and crystals and gemstones and earth elements and really these tones are so pure and they help you really shift your brain waves and enhance relaxation, creativity, and healing. And as we know, like, you know, our body is made out of 70 to 80% water and sound travels better through water four times more efficiently. So you really are able to bring your body and your soul and everything back into balance and harmony. So, you know, you can feel more aligned and have a deeper connection with yourself and therefore feel more calm and more relaxed. And, you know, it's really, it's such a powerful tool. Sorry, I can totally like geek out on this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, the more information, the better. And I just have so many questions. Like as you were yes, speaking, I'm like please. wanting to ask all these questions. So I guess we'll start with Reiki. Yes. Okay. What? So like for me, sound healing, the sound baths, you know, the bowls, I -hmm. can visualize it. That makes sense to me. I don't feel, and I'm sure many people feel this way, like don't have a clear understanding on the actual practice. So understanding what you can gain from it. And like, I'm curious, you mentioned healing your traumas. So what does the practice look like where it can lead to that? Like what does the healing look like? So in terms of Reiki, you you really feel the energy flowing through you. And I always say this in my meditations as you feel tingling, you feel heat releasing, you feel pressure in your forehead, right? You feel twitching, you see very vivid colors, um, sensations of hot and cold. And that's all sort of the, the energy, the life force energy flowing through you and going into your energy centers, right? The chakras and going into that place where the trauma may have occurred, right? So to every, um, let's say, trauma or challenge, right? Uh, Let's say we have, um, we feel not worthy of something, right? That's usually related to our solar plexus chakra, which is our confidence, right? So the energy will automatically go to that part and bring first of all, on a physical level, the organs back to balance and harmony, right? Usually people who, uh, and I deal a lot, a lot, my clients mainly deal a lot with stress and anxiety. Uh, they also have a lot of digestive issues, right? And that's like really related, right? So it helps. Yeah. So it's you, did you say that? Yes. That's me to a T. That's exactly. I deal with anxiety and digestive issues on a daily. Yeah. 
so I have found over the years, it's a hundred percent related and it's always, it's, that's the chakra, right? So you're able to really heal that you go in, into the physical, you know, on the physical level and like bring the organs back to balance and harmony. So there is more, um, you know, energy going to that center and you are able to really flush this out, right? Um, you might go through a, we call it a, a healing crisis or detoxification process, right? Where we're where flushing out any of the emotional challenges that, you know, you might reside within yourself and you might feel a little bit, you know, getting sick, but it's all your body cleansing and clearing anything that the toxins that you've been storing in your body and in these specific body parts and energy centers. So Reiki really allows you to um, feel more, uh, rejuvenated and a sense of calm and you feel really more energized. And when we feel more energized, right, when our energy and our frequency is, is vibrating on a higher level, we then also feel happier, right? And we're able to really call in whatever we want to call in into our, you know, vortex. So um, in that sense, Reiki really gives you that uh, peace and calm and allows your body to really feel relaxed, you know? So then is it a very, it sounds like it's more of an individualized experience. Is it like a guided one-on-one type of experience as yeah. opposed to being a group? So as you asked me before, like what does the practice look like, right? right. Usually um, when you come to a healing session with me, for example, right, we will uh, set an intention and we, I usually come in as the teacher and the master to heal anything in your body, right? Uh, emotionally, physically. Um, now, if you want to do this on your own, you would then have to um, become a Reiki practitioner, right? And that's why I also, I teach Reiki. So you are able to understand and get attuned to the energy of Reiki, and then you can sort of self-treat yourself, right? And it's really, um, you do this through meditation and you will place, you know, your hands onto the specific body parts or the challenges and you are able to heal any challenges that are you know within yourself so that will happen through a Reiki training and yes there's also as you know I do a lot of group meditations and the energy the beautiful thing about Reiki is that it works individually on you even in the group you know in a group setting because the energy is I practice holy fire Reiki and holy fire is really pure. It comes from the highest, highest level of consciousness. My ego is not involved, right? So it really, the energy, it's spiritually guided, right? So that's the ray. So it will go exactly where it needs to go to you or anyone in the class. And that's why it's so beneficial and healing and individualized, even in a group setting to sort of bring your body back to that place of balance and harmony and for you to really heal. And usually in my meditations, they are, um, they have a lot of intention, right? So either I um, do a cleansing and clearing sound uh, like meditation, or I do a meditation where we heal the past or heal the future in and sort of like really open that container, you know, for people to feel safe and to really flush out anything that we're dealing with. So what, what's interesting to me when I have anyone on here that's talking to a spiritual practice is asking, is there a science behind it? For example, when I had an astrologist on, she said, mm -hmm. 
there's no science behind it. It's more of a belief system. And then right. when we were talking about Kundalini with Erica, she was getting deep into the science mm-hmm. behind it. So I'm curious for any skeptics, like, is mm-hmm. there a science behind the practice? So, um, yes, obviously Kundalini has a lot of science behind it. Reiki, we're getting there, but then in with sound, yes, there's so much science behind it. And that's why I always like to bridge, you know, the gap between the science and the spirituality. And that's why I infuse the energy of Reiki into, you know, the sound healing, because you still, I want to go deep, you know, I want to go deep within you so you can feel really whole again, right? So we don't have to worry about all this stuff that's, you know, in our daily life. So you can really bring in, so you can operate from this really place of feeling happy and calm, right? So yes, in terms of let's go into it into in, when it comes to sound healing really it operates on the principle of resonance and vibration. Right. And um, as I said, we're constantly in motion, right. Through, through breath, our heartbeat, blood flow, right. Our cellular movement. So everything in our body is vibrating. Right. And in a sound healing session, as I said, we're able to bring this body that may feel anxious or stressed, back into this place of harmony, right? The instruments, you know, that are being used really help you sort of regulate and calm your nervous system, right? They boost your energy. They let go of any energetic blocks, release emotions. And the way this happens is through the entrainment, right? So I play my sound bowls and as our body is vibrating on a specific frequency right maybe a lower frequency if you're stressed or anxious um and the sound waves will entrain with your own brain waves and then sort of bring your body back into the state of harmony right um so a few things that happen when you are experiencing a sound bath is you might find yourself floating out of your body, right? You feel like your body is asleep and your mind is sort of awake and it's called the theta brainwave state, right? Then you also might find yourself in a really deep deep dream state. And it's sort of like the the state we're in when we're dreaming at night, it's like where we resting, right? Everything is being rejuvenated. And we call that the Delta brainwave state. So really, it's this place of deep, deep healing. And really, the sound naturally and effortlessly shifts, right? Uh, any sort of like, uh, anxious state to really to a state where you can regulate your stress hormones, where you can really bring uh, calm and quiet and stillness back into into your into your body and therefore really it helps us with you know improving sleep increasing your metabolism really it helps our reproductive system it really is it's so powerful <laughs> that is incredible and sometimes when i feel like i'm too anxious to go to sleep i will just go on spotify and type in like deep sleep sound healing mm-hmm. and click something and it does unlock something and all of a sudden i i just pass out but that's as far as i've gotten <laughs> in my sound healing journey so i'm curious like how do you recommend someone practice sound healing and in that circumstance like i know you mm-hmm. mentioned you can be super focused and then you can also drift off to sleep. So are there different frequencies you would recommend for different times of day? Would you recommend practicing in the morning, at night, lying down, sitting up? Like what, what are your recommendations? Yeah. So, um, I would say I like to 
you can do a sound bath really at any given time, right? Um, I would find a practitioner who you resonate with and who uh, obviously can has has meditations that are let's say for you know energy an energizing sound bath uh for like deep healing for deep sleep you know for connecting to love and um that's why also the crystal alchemy bowls and you know i am going to show you they're you know they're super colorful right and they're they're beautiful and they carry healing frequency because this is this is a platinum morganite bowl and platinum is really cleansing our body and morganite is a crystal that connects us to love right so these frequencies help you really to embody that right to go deeper within your heart space so really find um meditations that have these specific intentions right you can also i am working on a membership right now where i'm putting together on demand sound baths and reiki meditation so you can really you know tune in and do like a five minute sound bath, but you can come out and feel super energized or relaxed or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, you know, and where to start when you want to get into it. I think that was one of your questions. Uh, Yes. Really. um, I would say start by listening and start your healing journey first and then get into it, you know, Um, because, as we're as we're healing, you know, you you want to flush out some of these toxicities that are within ourselves and these negativities, right? So you you want to feel held, right, in a container, where then once you are sort of healed, you then can embody this practice, right? Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm a mentor in the Sound Healers Academy. Um, my dear soul sister. Susie from the Copper Vessel created a beautiful uh, sound healing um, training that is uh, for three to four months. So, you know, you can check that out. I'm a mentor in that, as I mentioned, and we really are training sound healers all over the world. And it's so powerful. Um, And it's a powerful practice, but it comes also with a lot of, sometimes I have to say pain, right? Cause we're healing and it's like, it's, we're on this journey and there's so much science that goes into it. And there's also a lot of intuition that needs, that goes into it, you know, and then you can use it for yourself. And then if you feel called to, to share it with the world, you can do that as well. But, you know, I think sometimes, uh, we, we are our own best healers. So I, I would say, get on that journey if you want to and really bring your body and your, your, your life back into balance and harmony. And I know that sounds easy and it's, it's really not, but you know, it's, it's a right step into, into um, feeling more fulfilled, I would say. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. And it, I'm curious what your daily practice looks like. Cause I know you also mentioned you pair it with Kundalini. So how are you implementing all of these practices and fitting them in every day? Mm-hmm. So my practice in the morning is just really Reiki and Kundalini. Um, and then uh, throughout the day, I host a lot of sound baths and I teach in a lot of spaces. So, you know, sound is part of me and part of me being of service in the community helps me also to to heal parts within myself, right? So um that's kind of like my practice in the morning. I really, you know, dive deep into, into my meditations. Uh, I take at least an hour for myself. Uh, and then if there's a, 
a few a, a few times during the day where I, I feel like I need to calm myself down, I may listen to my own sound bath, you know, so it's 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 beautiful that we have these tools now available and we can utilize them, you know, so that's kind of like my, my morning practice is always um, Kundalini yoga in combination with Reiki. And what has your relationship with Kundalini been? It really has, it has bridged for me really the, the understanding of Reiki and my physical and, and sort of the physical embodiment, you know, cause, and I, I say this uh, because sometimes Reiki, as you said, is you can't sometimes explain it until you experience it, right? And I feel like the Kundalini has given me the tools to make it more tangible and to explain Reiki more and understand like, oh, that is what happens when we're in a meditation because we're able to go into these energy, uh, into these energetic, you know, centers and heal and cleanse and clear them. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of Kundalini, there's like so much science because behind it, because, you know, we work with the meridian points and when we chant, right, we're, we're really using um, our own sound, right, um, and vibrations, right? So it really has, a, it's a powerful tool to shift out of, um, out of that mindset. But sometimes the practice is very, it's, it's tough, you know, it's like, do you, do you have the time to meditate for 30 minutes and say one chant over and over? It's sometimes very challenging, right? And it's, you have to be very determined. And I think sometimes coming into a Reiki meditation and let someone hold space for you has similar effects. And sometimes it's a little bit more subtle and gentle, you know, so that's kind of like, what I've experienced. That's interesting that you mentioned that because I do find it a little harder to keep up with because mm -hmm. even when I, when I've explained it to my boyfriend, he's very into fitness and he pushes himself. He runs marathons. Like he, mm -hmm. that is, I mean, he, he does TM every day because he just needs wow. to be yeah. still mm -hmm. and quiet and that's it. And just like repeat the chant in his or the mantra in his mind. Mm -hmm. But when I've done Kundalini with him, he's just like, you know what? I do movement my entire workout. I push myself all the time. Like I don't want to sit there with my arms up and yes. push myself to hold yes. them up. Like yeah. I don't need that. Instead, it's, I need to quiet down. So it's right. interesting that you mentioned Reiki's kind of like a more gentle approach. Yes. And and I agree. Like, I mean, Kundalini is very Me too. It's very rigid. It's very, you know, it's you have to be determined. You have to be motivated to every day get up and do it, right? And we do it for 40, for 120 days, you know, to really sort of make that shift. But I think having these tools like Reiki and allowing you to sometimes just be still and let someone heal you, right? In that sense. And like, I mean, and by healing someone coming in and like clear whatever is within you, you're able to get similar, um, you know, guidance from it because it's also spiritually guided and I always say like you know go after a Reiki meditation go and journal like you feel so energized it really allows your body to um feel more um at 
you know, at peace and more at calm and you are able to focus more and, you know, you are more productive because uh, I practice Karuna Reiki and in Karuna, we can really go deep, deep within our body and we can sort of replace symbols on you. And these symbols will allow you to feel more grounded or to open your heart and to harmonize your chakras, right? To really, really call in and help you manifest your dreams. So it's really powerful and the energy lasts long, but you are able to just sit back and let someone do that for you versus in Kundalini, you're the one who, who, who is doing it, you know? Yeah. I, I love this so much. And I, it's interesting to me. I, I really need to try Reiki because I, I, I know I've gotten those benefits from Kundalini, but sometimes it's just like, it's a little too much. And I think we need to give ourselves some grace, like some months or some days or some weeks, you just need something else and that's okay. Or like a different frequency, a different, you know, intention, whatever it might be. So I definitely am going to try Reiki for sure. Yeah. And, and just to, just to totally empathize with that, you know, it's all about figuring out what works for you. Right. And not to be hard on ourselves for like, breaking the cycle of like, oh, today I didn't do my mantra, you know, or my, my sadhana and all of the things. So it's finding ways to utilize your tools, right, on a daily basis to bring more mindfulness into your life, right? Whether that's like a five-minute breathwork exercise, whether that is listening to a 10-minute sound bath or like being held in a Reiki meditation, you know, we have these tools so you can bring this mindfulness into your life every single day and find that balance, you know? I completely agree. I think I've definitely been guilty of sort of shaming myself because Mm -hmm. I've tried out so many different things. I try it out for my YouTube channel and for a while I was really sticking with Wim Hof breath work. And then for Mm -hmm. a while I was doing Kundalini And now it's like I have all these tools and I can intuitively feel out what I'm craving each day, whether it be a 10-minute kundalini or a 30-minute kundalini or just two rounds of Wim Hof or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's intuitively feeling out what I need or what I want each day and not, you know, getting down on myself about not having that consistent daily same practice and morning routine. And I think even if you don't practice anything super spiritual, like even just anything in your morning routine, we get very like, you have to have your morning routine. It has to look the same Mm -hmm. every day. And for me, it's not necessarily the routine part of the morning routine that's important, but it's just having me time in the morning, whatever that looks like and keeping consistent with that every day. But it can look different every morning. Like this morning I stretched. I really don't stretch enough, but I just knew I was really sore. And like, that's going to be part of my morning time this morning. So I love that you touched on just and how I interpret it, like diving into your intuition each day and seeing what you need. Yeah, totally. And I think also, I mean, that's like one of my, my missions as well is like allowing us to connect again to our body and listen to it intuitively and see what it needs. Right. So maybe that is going on a walk, you know, and listening to mother nature, like that is maybe listening to like I said, a sound bath, right? But it's all within you to tune into that, right? And there is no one way or no way, you know? So it's like, it needs to work for you. Um, And it's beautiful that we now have more tools and it's all about finding the tool that works for you, you know? 
Yes. And it is something I struggle with. I'm curious your thoughts just in terms of with the practice that I keep mentioning Kundalini, Mm -hmm. you're encouraged to do, you know, like a 40 day Kriya, do the same thing for every 40 day for 40 days. And, you know, the more you do it and those, like the more you show up and stay with it, you'll have those breakthroughs, which I've experienced. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I get down on myself when I'm not feeling like doing it every single day. Mm. And I want to go with my intuition each day, but I also want to strengthen my intuition and get really deep in there. So what, what is your advice for, for that, for just Mm -hmm. struggling with wanting to keep up with the same practice every day to have those breakthroughs, but also, you know, maybe not wanting it every single day. Right. I mean, it's all, it's all habit, right? And sometimes, and and this is, we have to just look at reality, right? Sometimes our life is busy. Sometimes, and, and for me, it's not about being rigid. It's about finding that balance, right? And um, allowing you to feel sort of safe within and for you to really um, feel secure right and yes sometimes we don't have this time to um you know do a kriya for 30 minutes every day but it doesn't mean you're a bad person right doesn't mean you're not determined it just means like maybe you need to soften and maybe you don't need something that's like so masculine maybe you need something that's a little bit more feminine and you need to be held you know so um i think let go of really what the shoulds, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't go deep within yourself. And I think it's just coming back to what you need in this moment and listening to your intuition. Um, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like I, I was on this path too. I was like, I need to meditate for 40 days. I need to do this. And if not, I'm like, you know, I won't find my prosperity or abundance, you know, (laughs) but if you already, if, that is your thought process then then there's something not aligned right because that means you believe in in lack right and you're not shifting to love and to you know abundance so uh and and by lack it's just like you're beating yourself up right and that that's not the point we want to we want to we want to come back to just being like okay it's just this is how life is you know it's not perfect everything is it's just what it is so how do you find these moments of mindfulness and you know and maybe that is drinking a tea you know it's okay (laughs) I think that's so important it's so important because it especially with the wellness industry these days and and the spirituality it's like it's all an industry now and I know we're all on social media and there's someone for everything and there's so much that we can try out there's so much at our fingertips and if you follow one person, you kind of want to just like believe in everything they say and have the same path or the same Mm -hmm. spiritual awakening that they had, but it's all a personal journey. And I think we need to find what works for us individually. And that might be trying out all of the things and seeing what you come back to, but it can be hard because you want to listen to one practice, but then you're also drawn to another. So, because there is so much at our fingertips. Right. And I see that a lot with the clients that I work with, because I have um, a five month healing um, program called the journey to oneness. And usually people who come in, they're like, I do this and this and this and this and this. And there's like, there's so much out there. And I'm like, okay, we got to pause, we got to refine, we got to go back to 
to do nothing, you know, and to really like reset your, your system and your foundation and start to rebuild, start to building a practice that works for you, start to really seeing like, okay, maybe right now you don't need to do anything. You need someone to hold space for you, you know, and that's sometimes I find that more powerful. That's why we have all these teachers and these mentors and these healers out there, because we can hold space for you to feel safe and we can help you heal and discover what's deeper within you, you know, and sometimes that doesn't mean you got to do all of the things. Maybe that just means you got to do nothing, you know? Um, right. And I always say when, when the pressure's on, you got to take the pressure off, you know, it's just like, that's not going to work. So it yeah. really is coming back to the stillness, coming back to pausing and, and refining what it actually means for yourself. And from that place, you can really build a routine that is working for you where no one is judging you, right? Because I don't, I'm not judging you that you didn't do your, you know, your meditation this morning. Um, you know, it's like, it needs to work for you. And I want us to come back to that, you know, because as you said, there's so much out there. There's so much, but how do we refine and how do we find the the mentors, the teachers, the coaches that, that resonate and work for with you, you know? Yeah. And it's, as you mentioned earlier, sitting down for a silent meditation is really, really hard. So it's yeah. like, what other tools can we use to help us come back to stillness? And it's all of these things that we've been mentioning, Reiki, sound healing, Kundalini, and there are thousands more practices, mm -hmm. TM we mentioned, that can help yeah. you come back to that stillness. So I think it's just figuring out what that is. And maybe it's right. journaling even. It doesn't have to yeah. be like this intense practice right. exactly it could just be even taking a walk and, yeah. and grounding yourself or sitting down and in, in, in you know on a on grass and just grounding yourself into into your being again you know I mean there's so much out there and like sometimes just taking a you know going on a walk is the simplest thing you can do you know I completely agree and it's yeah. like we don't give ourselves enough credit when we're doing it that right. we're actually doing a mindful practice and exactly. something good for us. Yeah, yes, exactly. So yeah, I'm not really, as I said, I'm not that rigid anymore as you know, because yeah. I feel like I needed to let go of that. But I also needed to experience it to understand what it means for me, you know? Right, right. Well, I could talk to you for so I can't even believe it's been 45 minutes because I could keep talking about this, but let's get into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What is your morning routine? So my morning routine is making coffee. It's decaf coffee. <laughs> I can't drink regular coffee anymore. Um, I, I did a Reiki training and the energy shifted within me and it was just too much for my body to handle. Speaking of really tuning in and listening to your body, right? So yeah, my morning, really making coffee, it's like a ritual for me. Um, and then I do my gratitude journal and then I go into, into this beautiful space and meditate for at least uh, 10 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time I have. But that's sort of like my morning routine. I, that's funny. I think if I ever stop drinking coffee, I will also continue with decaf because it's just such a morning I, ritual. At this I was point. so upset. I was like, why am I like now? What, why is this happening? But cause I love, I just love 
the ritual of it, right? Same. I love the smell There's of it. There's nothing like it. Exactly. In the morning, like ha- holding my cup of coffee, I like know. right. So I get it. I would do the yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your favorite book you've read? I have to say, and some of us probably read it. It's The Secret, and I encourage you to reread it because Emma's like, oh yeah, I read it. I read it, but really read it again because it's all about energy, vibration, your thoughts, right? What you put out there. So I would say it's on on the top list of mine, The Secret. And then also I'm a huge Marion Williamson fan. So um, The Law of Divine Compensation, A Return to Love, really all, all of her teachings are beautiful. So those are my... I've never heard of her, but I have, so I've never read The Secret. I watched the movie and it was mm-hmm. a big mistake because <laughs> it was kind of silly. It was like this guy would look at a necklace and then the necklace would appear. And I was like, oh, sure. this book is this book will not be for me, but I trust you. So if you're saying oh, the book isn't yes. like that, then I will read no, it. <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, the, the movie is, um, it's interesting. <laughs> Sort of like I was like, this is not what no, I expected. It was not. It, it doesn't do the book any justice. Let's put it okay. this way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna read it. That's on my list. Um, right now, I'm reading "Think Like a Monk" by Jay Shetty, and I'm oh, loving nice. it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? When I'm outside. When I'm in nature, for sure. Good thing you left New York, <laughs> the well, city. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, I mean, New York has also, you know, yes. beautiful spaces, but I do, I do love being by the ocean, being, you know, in the mountains and just being, yeah, around mother nature and so healing to me. Absolutely. Okay. Lastly, my favorite <laughs> question, what would be your last meal on earth? Um, I have to say chocolate cake. It's not so much of a meal, but you know, chocolate. That's okay. It's like you, it goes to your soul. It feeds your soul. So definitely have to go with chocolate cake. I actually laughed when I saw the question. I was like, yep, chocolate cake it is. Instantly. Instantly. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where can the people find you and practice with you? Yes. So please follow me on Instagram. Obviously my, my handle is Nicole underscore and then Rooch, my last name. I am, if you're in LA, please join my, my classes. Uh, if you are in New York and you still want to connect with me, I'm working on a lot of, I'm, I'm working on a membership right now. So there is a lot of, you know, um, on-demand classes. I, also do a lot of like uh, virtual classes in the space um you will have access to that if you join the membership but also you can just like join in at any given time any of my events that i do um i'm i'm go back between new york and la so as i said i was just in new york just feel free to reach out but all of my everything that i do is virtual all my sessions all my one-on-one sessions and you know i think that's a beautiful thing that we also learned and gained from the pandemic is really that we can hold space all over the world so it's I'm really grateful for that and the energy works exactly the same if it's in person or virtual I'm really interested in that membership I'm definitely going to check it out thank you so much I loved this conversation so much I'm so intrigued and your energy is just (laughs) contagious and so beautiful so thank you thank you I appreciate you 
I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.